Welcome to the Empowered with Marcos podcast. I'm your host, Marcos Hurtado, and my intention with this show is to share my knowledge, wisdom, and experiences to develop your mind, body, diet, and soul in an educational and entertaining manner. These episodes will consist of my own stories and talks, along with interviews with some of the great minds and souls that are part of my life. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Yo, welcome to the Empowered Marcos podcast. And for today's episode, we have a very, very special guest coming straight from Arizona. We have Javante Bay. He's a Reiki uh, practitioner and just recently a Reiki master. Yes, and yes. Peace and home to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So, uh, is there anything else you want to um, share with the audience that aren't aware of who you are? Yeah, so uh, like Marco said, my name is Javante Bay. Um, I reside currently in Arizona. Uh, this week, actually, I just attained my master level in Reiki. Um, it's been a, a long journey, um, a lot of practicing to get to this point, but it's really just the beginning um, of a lot to come and, and who I'm going to be able to impact with this. But just a little bit about myself. Um, you know, I, I work full time uh, in sales. I work at Yelp, <laughs> if you guys are familiar in the Bay. <laughs> um, and I do this part-time, but you know, my goals and dream is to go into practice full-time. So right now I'm just really building out my process. Uh, recently just got my website started, nice. um, just obtained mastership. So I'm gonna be able to hold classes soon. Um, and so on the, the purpose standpoint, my role is to be, be a facilitator. You know, those who need help and assistance, uh, I want to help out as much as I possibly can in any way, shape, or form. But my specialty is energy work. Cool. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Cool. So, um, besides Reiki, do you work with different types of uh, energy? Like different types of like, healing energy? Or is there different modalities that you use? Um, so, yes uh, and no. So, yes to the extent that I do it for myself with my own self-healing. Um, as a practitioner, that is priority, right? If you're not constantly healing yourself and going through that process, how can you ever be uh, a facilitator or a great facilitator at that for others? So um, other modalities that I personally use is Qigong, uh, which is very, very similar to Tai Chi, if you guys are familiar. Um, but last year in 2018, I actually studied for an entire year um, with a master here in Phoenix uh, about Qigong and learning how to work with the body's meridian channels um, and different postures and movements that really help to unlock a lot of things inside. And so it, that was a great, great experience because it taught me a lot about myself. And of course, with the energy work that comes with that, it just hands my Reiki practice even more. Um, but as far as helping others and being that facilitator, Reiki currently is the only modality that I use. Solid. Mm, and uh, do you usually just do it like in person or do you do this as healing too, or like a mix of both? Um, as far as Reiki? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so majority of my sessions are in person. Um, but for those aren't, who aren't familiar, you know, energy is not bound by space and time. So you can have a Reiki session just like this right here, you know, over Zoom, over Skype. That was actually how I received my first Reiki attunement mm. back in 2017 was via Skype. Mm. I, I think, Marcos, you, you did your first attunement as well with Andre? Oh, no, actually, I didn't. I did it uh, actually locally, but I haven't okay. uh, done my second attunement. This is the first one. And it was okay. I thought you, um, for a while, I thought you had did the uh, attunement with him, but that's how I got started in Reiki, was through a brother named Andre. He, at the time, lived in Texas, and um, yeah, we had a Skype session. I had my first Reiki distance healing. It felt amazing. Loved it. And I was just like, this is profound. I, I need to learn more. <laughs> I'm, a seeker, I'm a seeker of knowledge, so I was like, I need to know how this works. <laughs> so... We had my Reiki attunement via Skype, and from then on, I was rocking and rolling. So yeah, I majority of my sessions are in person, 
but I do have distance sessions from time to time. Cool. Yeah, because I've seen you like post like the videos on social media of you working with people in person, and mm-hmm. that's great because a lot of people aren't aware of what happens or what goes on during during um during Reiki healing. So when you actually put it out there, people are able to see it, and that's mm-hmm. great. And that's kind of why I wanted to do those short videos. And again, like you said, it's not a whole lot that you can see, mm-hmm. but you can see that something's happening, all right? Like there's some type of work being done. And because this is so, uh, I don't want to say new because it's very ancient, mm-hmm. but to the majority of people, to the masses, this is foreign. Like people have no idea and no clue what Reiki healing is let alone their energetic bodies like what makes them you know what what encompasses their entire being and so by me being able to record just a little bit of the sessions uh is my way of just throwing it out there like hey guys like check this out right Mm -hmm. like be intrigued inquire ask questions because when you start to inquire when you start to ask questions that leads you to doors that you never knew existed Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's how I found Reiki. <laughs> yep. It builds curiosity, builds interest, and it actually gives them like a visual on what it really is. And they're like, okay, so the visual sense is getting it's it's uh it's getting in information. So now maybe they want to like they want more auditory. They want to actually like can they say they actually want to feel it now. So it does definitely build uh interest in at least one one sense. Exactly, exactly. Because I mean we're all, um, I wouldn't say all, but majority of us like to see visual things. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't know about it, but you see something, you're obviously the next thing is like, what is that? Exactly. <laughs> what is he doing? What's going on with them on the table? You know what I mean? So it's just a great way to open up that discussion, open up the conversation. And at that point, it's like, you know, those who are meant to heal in this now, will absolutely begin to benefit from the knowledge itself. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Yeah, and then something, another great too, great thing too that I noticed is there's not too many like male, like male healers out there. Because most of the time when people, um, when you ask people and they think about healers, they think mm-hmm. about like a woman as being a, a healer. Most of the time like a, uh, like a wiser, old, elder woman that's actually yeah. a healer. But actually there's more and more people like being like younger people our age like actually being healers, both male, female, or if they identify as something different, actually being healers, and it's, it's great to see. So um, That's one of the reasons why I am so passionate about it, mm-hmm. is because there's not a lot of men mm-hmm. who are um, proactively make, trying to make that change and make that difference, and then taking it even a step further uh, for someone like myself, who would society would say uh, men of color mm-hmm. right um even for myself and my culture there's not a lot of healers there's not a lot of men talking about healing and doing the work and so that's why also i'm really passionate is because we need this like you look in today's world in our society you can't look too far to see that there's healing that needs to take place oh definitely yes i agree so so much Especially with, um, like you're saying, is not a lot of people of color are aware of this, and mm-hmm. we're the, like the original healers. We're the ones that do so many different types of practices from different parts of the different parts of the world. We all have our own practices, and of course, we have the common goal of healing from putting us back most of the time. So it is benefit. It is a must for us to you know spread the message out there and just continue healing ourselves, which continues healing the collective as a whole. Boom! Once you heal yourself. First of all, that's a leading example. Mm-hmm. Now operating in a high frequency as your highest self, people are seeing that. And of course, your light is just going to shine by default, <laughs> naturally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so by being that almost way short, that then begins to let other people say, okay, you know what? It might be all right for me to go ahead and deal with this pain. It's all right for me to admit that I experienced trauma and that I do need healing because that also is another thing that's keeping people from the healing space is that one, they're afraid to face their pain mm-hmm. and understand that, you know, we all go through something and it's not your fault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? 
a lot of a lot of trauma we experienced were, was when we were younger kids. And I think, you know, just touching on this a little bit, that the subconscious mind is programmed within the first seven years of a child's life. That's a lot of time and a lot of conditioning that then is going to dictate and um, influence how we are as we grow into our teenage years and then eventually into our adult years. And so a lot of uh, actions that people are taking in today's society is because their inner child hasn't been healed. Mm -hmm. Their inner child is still needing that love and that care, you know, and that repairing. And so, you know, again, being going back to us just being way showers of why it's important. It's going to open up a lot of doors for people. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, my audience is pretty broad and wide. And yeah. some people may or may not know some of the terms that you're referring to. So for the people that may not know, what is the inner child and what is your higher self? Okay, so your inner child is the aspect of yourself um, that remains in that state. Mm. And so you can go a lot of different ways with it, but just to keep it simple for this conversation, um, when you were younger, and this is just speaking to the audience, if they can just take a stroll down memory lane, you know, if you were younger and let's say there was a certain way you did something that your parents didn't like, and so they would maybe scold you a certain way. Or you would get in trouble for the littlest things, being too loud or not being able to sit still or not hearing I love you enough or I'm proud of you or simply just receiving love and affection and, and just maybe cuddling, cuddling up on the couch with your parent, right? Maybe you didn't receive that as a child. Well, then what happens is that's a wounded um, experience for you. And so your inner child becomes wounded. As you grow, things begin to manifest in your external reality that reflects the woundedness of that inner child. So for somebody who never really heard the words that I'm proud of you, or you make me so happy, or you're, you're such a good child, or you know, you're, you're so good at math or whatever it is, you didn't get that appraisal. Mm -hmm. Well, as you grow into adulthood, you might be seeking appraisal in unhealthy ways. You might be trying to display yourself for what you're really not, just so people can approve you. Mm -hmm. Or you'll continue to do something in such a manner that's actually hurting you, but because you are seeking that approval, you're trying to build up your image. So those are just really, you know, small examples. It could be a number of things, but it's the inner child that was wounded, that didn't receive uh, all the positivity that they could mm -hmm. to be whole. Then flipping over to your higher self, uh, once I become conscious of this information, I always thought back to. Um, the cartoons that I used to watch. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, one that immediately comes to mind is either Tom and Jerry or Popeye the Sailor Man. Mm -hmm. But I think it was more so Tom and Jerry where the cat is Tom, correct? Mm -hmm. Since I, I watched it. Yes, um, the cat is Tom. But Jerry Tom, he would have uh, an angel cat on one shoulder mm -hmm. and a devilish cat on the other. Mm -hmm. That's a prime example of your higher self and your lower self. Mm -hmm. Now, you observing those two is showing you your state of being as the observer. Mm -hmm. So in this present moment, not only are we consciously taking action, but we're also an observer on the flip side. And so your higher self is that aspect of yourself that strives to do the highest and greatest thing that you could. And every thought, every word, every deed, you're doing your best to be your best, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Every action that you take, not only are you thinking of yourself, of how is this going to place me in the best possible position, 
And not in the way that trying to get a leg up on someone, but to make me feel happy, loved, what is in my highest timeline and trajectory? What's my highest path? That's your higher self. Those are the action steps that's going to take you to the highest road. Now, your lower self on the flip side, a lot of people can relate to this because it's, it's so in your face. You could, let's say, if, if you're trying to lose weight, for an example, you're trying to get fit, you know the steps that you got to take. You probably have a plan written out as far as the days are going to work out, the types of workouts, the limit of the time and the duration, possibly even the food down to your nutrition. Mm -hmm. You know all of these steps. If you do them and commit, it's going to take you to that desired outcome and goal, right? But we know that the human mind <laughs> uh, sometimes plays some tricks on you. Mm -hmm. So you might be on, on, your, on your nutritional diet for, let's say, a week or two weeks. Approaching that 21 days, as we know, 21 days forms a habit. Mm -hmm. Approaching that 21-day mark, and you're like, man, I really want a cheesecake right now. <laughs> that cheesecake is calling me. And you know what it's going to do to derail you from your goals. Mm -hmm. right? If you eat that cheesecake, you know it's going to take you back maybe two to three steps from where you're supposed to be, but you decide to eat that cheesecake anyway. Mm -hmm. That is your lower self. Now, don't look at it as something as negative because, I mean, in reality, there's just one degree. There's one spectrum. There's just different degrees on it, mm -hmm. right? So um, when we talk about the higher and lower self, it's all one degree just or, or one spectrum, just different degrees, you know? So when we do act out in our lower self, that's just a moment for us to realize that there's still some more um, action steps to take to overcome ourselves, maybe empower us through will, determination, self-discipline. We probably need to work on those if we're continuously doing things in our lower self. Mm. So that's a great way to observe yourself after committing an action. And you're like, damn, I knew I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. That, that just messed up everything. And, and I knew that was going to happen. If you find yourself saying that more times than not, it's your chance to observe yourself and make some corrections. Mm. And so I kind of winded a little bit on that, but that's the, the difference between the inner child, the higher self and the lower self. <laughs> I like how, how well and descriptive you explain it, but still so simple to the point where someone isn't aware of these concepts, they're able to like understand it in like in layman's terms and it's simple for them to just know what's really going on with themselves. When they're realizing, like you said before, the traumatic, traumatic experiences they experience as a child or even as a teenager is still accumulates in their like in their adult selves as a grown up. And a lot of times people aren't aware of it, they just suppress it using, you know drugs, alcohol, other distractions, and not realizing why they can't change their habits. And like I said before, a lot of times it stems from their childhood. Mm -hmm. And the problem, with, the problem with that is <clears throat> because we, we sometimes get in, first of all, we're habitual beings, right? We're, we're creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. We do everything out of habit. And so the inner child, going back to that for a second, the reason why it is so important for us to go back and do the work to heal the inner child is because whatever happened in our childhood becomes the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And the subconscious mind is 95% of our reality. Our conscious mind, like right now, me and you, Marcos, we're operating in our conscious mind. That's about 5% of our daily lives. That's how powerful and how big the subconscious mind plays a role in our lives. So going back to the inner child, being able to heal those aspects and those experiences, we then be we, we begin, excuse me, to break those habits. We begin to break those belief systems. That's a really big thing that a lot of people are unaware of is their current belief systems could be 
from a traumatic experience that happened to them in the past and they have no idea about it. Mm. They can believe, and excuse me for my French, they can believe they're not shit. Mm-hmm. But it, it's based on an experience they had when they were a child. Maybe somebody just said those words to them and it, and it cut so deeply that now their internal compass is operating from, I'm not worthy or I'm not shit. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And then everything that they do from that, more, from that inner, inner compass reflects that. And so they'll, you know, um, just, um, really have bad habits that's damaging their bodies and their health. You know, the way they eat, mm-hmm. how they talk to themselves. Um, they might be drinking and abusing drugs. Um, or they may not even be getting physical activity, which is another form of, phys- of physical neglect. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're just going to work, sitting down, leaving work, going home to sit down again for the rest of the night, you're neglecting your body, mm-hmm. which over time is a form of trauma. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They would just become disconnected from the body. They just feel like that to just work like their brain all the time. Just create, 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 work, work, work. And then they work so much, they get exhausted. So then they just go back home and just do, do what they know how to do. Just sit down, and just stand on their phone, consume, consume, consume. And then they go back to bed and repeat. And they usually skip anything that has to do with taking care of their body moving, like I said, ingesting the right, the, right, uh, the right foods, ingesting the right information that could help them, you know, break that pattern of being in a miserable position at their end, or actually putting, consuming information that will lead them to actually learn how to move properly, because there's a big difference between moving in general, which is great, but at the same time, you could also increase the risk of injury if you don't know how to move properly. So that's where... You have to know how, of course, like eating and moving are part of what we do, but just knowing how to do it properly for each individual is the main thing to be aware of. Exactly. I just had to, uh, I'm going to show you guys and flip my phone around real quick. My son, he was uh, just walked up. He's like going to go swimming with his friends. I don't know if you can see him. (laughs) (laughs) He's walking Um, in the distance. You can barely see them. Yeah. So people watching on YouTube, I'm sure they caught on. People on the podcast, they can check it on YouTube. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, you're, you're totally right, man. It's just like the lack of information. And again, it's just people neglecting themselves. Mm-hmm. And so this is so great that, you know, you have your podcast and you're interviewing people who from all walks of life and doing different things is because your viewers are going to be able to get something. You know, they may not resonate with everything that goes on within the interviews, but they're going to get some type of gym mm-hmm. by just being open to listening and watching. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are watching, uh, you're ahead of the game because there's people right now who don't invest time in learning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I like how you said, um, like it's the truth. Not everyone's going to resonate with every part of what everyone says, but the main thing is to, you know, find that one little gym. We could, we could always learn from everyone regardless of their walk of life, their practice, their beliefs, or anything, we could always learn something from each person. And instead of like demonizing each other, we could just like learn from each other and find common ground instead. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so I had another question too. We we're talking a lot about diet. So um, yeah. what's your perspective when it comes to actual like diet? So I personally am vegan. Um, I've been vegan for two years now, and my take on diet is it's everything. Your nutrition literally is everything. The way you think and the way you feel is literally, hold on, watch for cars, boy. <laughs> I'll look out for them. <laughs> Literally, I'm, I'm, I'm watching him as he approaches the street, and I see the car coming, and he's looking down. And I'm like, I know I taught you to look both ways before you cross the street. <laughs> keep your head on the swivel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to keep your head on the swivel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way you feel and the way you think is a direct link to what you are putting in your body. Scientifically proven, the gut is the second brain. Mm-hmm. I believe that is where serotonin is produced. I think when we break down our food, the chemicals that come from it, 
turned into serotonin. Mm. Um, and so when it comes to it, like, I'm, I'm a firm believer in sharing knowledge and information that's going to uplift people. Mm-hmm. But I also know where to draw the line in other people's beliefs mm-hmm. and the way they are. So somebody's a meat eater through and through. Like I have one of my good buddies mm-hmm. I work with. Um, he himself is a strong meat eater and he's voiced it. Many a times he's not going to switch to a plant-based diet no matter what research he finds. And that's okay. Right. Hey, if you're, if it makes you happy and you okay with it, that's cool. But when it comes to diet, it's all vibrational frequencies. Mm-hmm. Right. So one of the main reasons why I decided to go vegan Um, one was because I learned of the vibrational consistency. And so if you think about flesh, how dense it is, Mm -hmm. um, you think about flesh and how dense it is, it has a very low vibrational state. It causes diseases. And on top of that, think of where the meat comes from. It's coming from another sentient being who, uh, before it becomes uh, meat for us to eat, it goes through a, a, an experience of trauma and distress. And so energetically, all of that passes on. It literally transfers because energy cannot be destroyed. It can only transfer from one state to another. Mm-hmm. If you look at water, I, I love to use this example, this analogy, Water has three stages, solid, liquid, gas. That gives you the example of the vibrational states. When it's solid, the vibrations are very, very slow. When it's fluid, the vibrational frequency has sped up, the molecules are sped up. And then when it finally reaches the gas state, steam, it's at its highest vibrational frequency, but you can't see it. Right. So when we think about food and what we're putting into our bodies, the meat that is consumed comes from these dead animals who experience trauma and distress. All of that transfers into the human body. Literally. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at diseases and illnesses and you look at the diet or nutrition that they were intaking, you will see it's mostly dairy and meat. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, when you look at plant-based diet, you got to ask yourself, okay, what vibrational state are plants in? Well, they're at the highest frequency. Why? It's because they get their nourishment from the sun. And the sun is of the highest, (laughs) the highest, highest vibration. You know what I mean? So literally, when we eat plant-based material, we're eating sun. Mm -hmm. We're getting light codes. And so when somebody changes their diet, they literally go through almost like a detox, right? Um, and they can also experience a expansion in awareness. I, myself, I can say I experienced that. When I became vegan, my awareness literally started to shift. And I was like, okay, I'm noticing a lot of different things that I didn't notice before. And I became aware of my internal well-being. As soon as I felt out of balance off of my center, it was immediate. And I could literally pinpoint in my body if it was something physical, like where it was coming from. Oh, that's my kidney. Oh, I can feel that kind of in my liver. Oh, that's my lower intestine. You know what I mean? So you start to clear yourself. And again, you're just inviting more high vibrational frequency when you do switch to a plant-based diet. And so all in all, man, um, the diet is information, whether it's meat or if it's a plant base, it determines the kind of information you're giving to your body. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I don't know yeah. if that, that was a little too deep. <laughs> no, it's actually a lot of times when uh, I hear people talk about the plant-based diet, even myself, a lot of times we talk about like, you know, it's actual living beings, like on a surface level and actually like the nutrients, we can still get enough nutrients in the body and we just still thrive and feel great. But you went from an energetic level, 
which not a lot of people talk about or even know about. So thank you for sharing that. It's yeah. helpful for all of us. And, and I, think, I, I think that's because I've, I've been an energy worker now. I think it's kind of going to become the way I speak about things becomes like second nature mm-hmm. in a sense that I include the energetic side. Yes. Um, because I'm a firm believer in that being one of the main reasons why we see so much illness and imbalance in our society is because we are lacking the energetic perspective and perspection. And so once we include it and you think of it from an energetic standpoint, you can almost start to connect the dots and make the links. You see what I'm saying? Because everybody understands feelings. You know, if you feel great, you feel good, you feel energized, you feel you're full of vitality or you're feeling sluggish, you're feeling heavy, you're feeling dense, that blah feeling, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Um, And those feelings, again, is a direct energetic correlation Mm. and you can link that to your nutrition, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the next stop that comes to mind that it'll be great to hear about when it comes to actual energy is um, Mm -hmm. semen retention when it comes to energy from an energetic standpoint. Mm. What's your thoughts and experiences on that? So, do you want to start from the top and kind of talk about a little bit of what semen retention is for those who may not be familiar? So, um, yes, even though I, uh, I did have a guest talk about it like more in depth a few weeks ago, but for the people that haven't checked out that episode, yes. So, just from a, a high level view, uh, in simple terms, semen retention is just no ejaculation. <laughs> simple as that. <laughs> simple as that. For us men, um, we literally don't climax in that way. So I stumbled upon this um, due to me, again, just wanting to dive deeper into the energetic component mm-hmm. of my body, right? This is, a, this is an aspect that holds a lot of energy, uh, quite specifically. This is our life force for us men. Our sperm, our semen, it is literally our life force. It is our seed. And so every time we do ejaculate and we do come, (laughs) we're all adults here, when we do come, um, we are literally um, depleting our lives Mm -hmm. inch by inch. We were born with, with, in in Chinese medicine, I believe it's referred to uh, as uh, Jing, J-I-N-G. Jing, you're born with a finite amount of Jing. Mm-hmm. Now, through Tai Chi and Qigong, you can learn how to cultivate and rebuild, and also through semen retention, you can learn to cultivate and rebuild. Mm-hmm. But the more that you release, the quicker you are depleting your life force. Mm-hmm. So, the energetic component of this is by retaining your semen your life force, you are literally charging yourself up like a battery. Mm -hmm. You are literally becoming a powerhouse. And so what I mean by that is our bodies are meant to release. So for us men, uh, from this point on, if you really want to dive deeper with this and understand it on a personal level, as you go through the weeks, so in the first week, take notice by day three, and then take notice by day five or seven. And what I mean by this is don't release. You know, even if you got to refrain from your partner, <laughs> you know, just say, hey, I'm, I'm doing a little experiment here. I really want to kind of build some awareness with myself. So let your partner know, be open about it, but take a week to uh, retain your semen. Don't ejaculate. By day three, five, and seven, you are going to notice your energy levels. <laughs> you, even, you might even notice that you might be a little bit more aggressive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can say when I, when I first did this, yeah. by the seventh day, yes, I was feeling aggressive. Was that quickly? Wow. Because I didn't start feeling aggressive until like the 40th and 50th days. I was like, 
insanely aggressive to a point that I just didn't know how to like, not I didn't know how, it's just I had, it was more challenging to ground myself, if that makes sense. Pretty much like yeah. your energy was so high, it was just like, <laughs> I don't know what to use as an example, but like everywhere you go, you're just like, ah, like, ah. Like as if you were just jacked, right? Like, <laughs> like you took some adrenaline or something. Yeah. Like, because that is your internal force. That is your life force. This is what gives life. This is what creates life. This is a spark, mm-hmm. right? So when you retain it and it's just recycling within your physical being, it is literally like you're building up. You're charging your body, your, your battery pack, your, your battery power. Um, and the benefits from it, I can, I can speak from a personal experience. So what I've experienced while retaining my semen is, um, a heightened sensitivity. So my intuition, my clarity, um, my focus, all of it was at my peak. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like I said, I work in sales during the week, my nine to five, I'm on the phones all day talking to business owners. Right. So when I'm retaining my semen by day seven, going into the second week, my, my mental game is on the rise. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sharp, the one-off situations, the objection handling, I'm on point with that because my energy levels internally is starting to get to a heightened place. And so those are the, the, the very noticeable things. But then I also realized that um, I have this, this feeling of just expansion. Mm-hmm. Like my field, like my, my magnetic field has widened and has broadened and is going farther by simply retaining my semen. And so what does tend to happen, and I've been a part of groups that um, have come together during a challenge, we do a 21 day tantra challenge or a semen challenge. Hmm. And so the common thing that us men experience is quicker manifestation. Mm-hmm. So getting into the deep spiritual and energetic aspects of retaining your semen is you literally become a magnet for things to manifest in your life because your thoughts is just a wave frequency. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts aren't physically tangible, but it's a frequency, mm-hmm. right? So when you tap into your thought process, and let's say you're only thinking good thoughts, you're thinking in the space of you already having and you already receiving and not the separation of lack. And for an example of that, I can say this, I want five new clients. By me saying I want, implies that I'm separate from that and I don't have it. But when I say I have five new clients, I'm working with five new clients. Yeah, right now it may not be physically happening, but I'm speaking as if it already has and as if I'm already working with five new clients. So I have five new clients is is a different frequency. And by speaking, let's say that affirmation and that mantra Boom, by retaining my semen, and I'm repeatedly saying this over and over again, guess what's going to happen? By me doing the action steps, working, posting, sharing that I'm available, and that I have availability for new clients, those who match that frequency are going to appear. So that's how manifestation happens. But when you retain your semen, yeah, it's going to be a whole nother level. (laughs) It's it a little bit more, and I experienced that myself too. I'm on day, I think, 80 right now. It's, really? a, little bit, it's a little bit easier because I'm single right now, and, I'm in a, and I've been working on a lot of different projects, and I'm working on a lot, so it's easier. So, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going for, like, at least 90 days, which will be, like, next man. For, like, like, I've tried before over the years because when I first found out about senior retention, it was on yeah. Think and Grow Rich. It was about five or six years ago when I first read the book. And okay. Okay mind-blowing when i first said about that i thought it was absurd but then i looked more into it i'm like hold on this makes sense because you know right. after ejaculate you feel exhausted and tired you feel drained a lot of times so then um i was just like, practicing on and off over the years but this year um since i i decided that uh 
I was gonna do this, but for a specific reason. Actually, I heard what is it for, but the main reason why I started like being committed to it before was because I felt I was getting my power way too much. Especially yes. like, yeah, yes. I was getting my power away way too much. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I want to just keep it to myself now. So I just made a commitment to myself and I was going like for several weeks. I was going for 28 days. Next thing you know, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go for at least 90 days, at least 90 days. So I'm just keeping the ball rolling right now. And just everything is so life changing. With um, with uh, like the, the men that, that are like friends and family, I don't shut up about it. Every single one, I bring it up. So, like clients, really? my family, yes, I, I don't shut up about it. <laughs> on, on social media, I haven't talked about it too much. Just like, yeah. like two or three times, but in person, I don't shut up about it. <laughs> it's like yeah. that powerful. Awesome. I'm like, oh, you gotta try this out. Because, and especially for us men, like, and just just kind of taking a step back from this, I'm gonna come back to it, but just right now, dude, we are in such a time for great healing. Mm -hmm. Semen retention is gonna be so healing for a lot of men. Mm -hmm. Because what also happens when you start to retain your power, one of the reasons why you started, what happens is you begin to start working with all of those traumas inside of you because guess what? The energy, because your life force is so high vibrational, you're going to start pushing to the surface everything that you need to deal with. And once you do, it's almost like the, the greatest, the, the best example, the simplest way is a detox. Let's mm -hmm. say if you were, you know, on drugs for a little bit and you had to go through a withdrawal detox or let's say if you were doing a bodily cleanse with you know certain herbs you go through that type of energetic effect mm -hmm. when trauma start to come to the surface and it's meant for you to release mm -hmm. you know and so yeah man semen retention it's, it's so great that you're talking about it in person mm -hmm. especially men because the more men that learn about this and start taking it uh, seriously, mm -hmm. the stronger the collective healing is going to be. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, you but, know? Yeah. We, we start to, as men, we start to walk with a different posture. Mm -hmm. You know, we start to um, think of ourselves at a higher standard. And when we see other men not living up to that standard, not because, you know, we're going to do it from a non-judgmental standpoint as well. That's mm -hmm. another thing that's happening too. I don't know if you can feel it, but we're entering this space of also non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. uh, at least that's the world that I'm living in. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you, you, what you see in your everyday life is what you're feeding your consciousness. Mm -hmm. I'm aware to So um, the non-judgmental space, seeing another man, another brother, not living up to his full potential and he may be lacking in this practice because semen retention is a practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is literally a practice. Just like we got people going to the gym to get fit, tone up, have specific goals. Semen retention has specific goals. It's a mm -hmm. practice, you know? I've been sitting too long. My, my, my legs are getting numb. <laughs> around here. Yeah, now I got to move the energy. Um, but that is the, the, the great part about it so kudos to you man mm -hmm. almost 90 day mark mm -hmm. you're spreading the message far and wide that's love brother right on thank you thank you yes and uh and when i talk to people about it i've gotten like mixed reactions some people are like oh yeah i've heard about that before some people are like yeah i tried it but it didn't work out some people are like i don't see myself doing that ever some people are like what the fuck but yeah i've got all types of reactions and they're all great and uh, like yeah. i said before is um knowing not to judge people's reactions or the reasoning for why to do things, not taking mm -hmm. things personally. And also too, for the people that are interested, which almost all of them were like to just share, have experience. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing too, is a lot of people have different experiences, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so semen retention, it's, it's the fundamentals into getting into the higher, um, aspects of what's known as Tantra challenge. So when people hear the word Tantra or Tantra, they immediately think of sex. Mm -hmm. Is a part of Tantra, but it's a small piece 
of what Tantra really is. Tantra is the religion of the body, so to speak. Mm. That's the simplest way you could really break it down. And so with Tantra, you really begin to explore different states of consciousness. You begin to explore deeper depths of love because if you're not engaging in that sexual intercourse, then you're taking other measures to deepen the relationship you have with your significant other or even with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, and I think, you know, this will, this will be a good segue into maybe another topic some other time for you. But right now there's an epidemic of men watching porn. Mm-hmm. The pro- there's nothing wrong with masturbation because it's your body. There's nothing wrong with loving yourself. There's a specific way to do it. But on the flip side, when it's obsessive mm-hmm. and excessive, now your mentality and your consciousness is perverted. Now it's, it's too polluted and diluted. It's not, in a sense, pure. Because when you reach pure consciousness, you reach higher levels. And so that's, a, that's a, one of the things that semen retention really does. And I think what I'll do when we're done is I'll send you my mentor mm-hmm. who holds a 21-day Tantra challenge. You might be following him, Jasun. Um, but even for your, your, your audience and your viewers, those who are interested, they can partake in a challenge and they can learn the basic steps on how to successfully do this challenge. And it's for men and women. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's, there's a retention challenge for women as well, which opens them up to a whole other world because, mm-hmm. yeah, they're... They're uh, they're out there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, that's that's. I think that's a really good information on the senior retention for your viewers. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you know, like I'm planning like doing a solo episode on myself. I'm okay. Sure the ten things I've learned and benefit from, or doing senior retention for ninety days. So it actually might be longer, but when I record that episode. But um, yeah, it's uh, looking forward to that to sharing that one. Because I have a lot to share. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Like any of the topics that came to mind? Uh, not necessarily. Um, I, I appreciate you having me on and giving me the opportunity to kind of share my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, this this is me. You know, I'm just outside chilling. You know, um, and I, I think one one takeaway, if, if anybody could take one thing away from this topic and, and this discussion, um, I mean, we had a lot of different topics, but mainly, um, you know, there's a collective of people who are genuinely doing good work. And when it comes to our own individual contribution no one's asking much in fact you don't owe anybody anything Mm -hmm. what you contribute to the world and to society and to existence and so if you could take a look at yourself and just self-analyze where you are and find what you love find what you're passionate about Mm-hmm. Something that you can just get lost in, right? Where you you look down, you're doing your work or whatever, and two to three hours have gone by. Mm. And you're like, well, damn, <laughs> that went quick. Yeah. You know, getting lost like that. If you can find that and you can invest yourself into it, um, it'll it'll bring you everything that you desire and more because that's all it's about is you contributing what you can, what you can, who you are, your personality, your philosophy, uh, your emotions and how you do things. That's your contribution to uh, this thing called life and everybody needs it. So my takeaway is just find it and live it. Ours. <laughs> very, 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 very well said. And yeah, just follow the listeners that resonate with that message and the grab it and just run with it. 
do whatever you're passionate about and just become deeply immersed with it. And like you said before, is when you work on yourself, when you do what you enjoy, it helps with the collective, not just for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so um, again, Javante, thank you for being on this podcast and, and YouTube video. And Absolutely, uh, brother. where can people find you online? Um, they can find me on Instagram. That's my main platform that I'm on. My Instagram is universalhealing.energy. So U-N-I-V-E-R-S-O-U-L, healing.energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go to my website, universalhealing.energy. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I am a Reiki master. So pretty soon here, I will be offering classes. So if you or anyone you know is here in Arizona, um, be on the lookout for that. And if you're interested in having a Reiki session, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm your brother, Javante Bay, and I'm here to help you heal. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. So um, I'll put the links on the show notes. That way people can just click on it and just find it a lot quicker. Okay. Yeah, cool. So again, thank you everyone for listening. Or thank you everyone for watching on YouTube. We episodes every Monday. I know last week it was on Friday because I'm on vacation. But yeah, back to the regular routine. Every episode is on Monday. So again, thank you again. Thank you, everyone. And catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. I just realized we do peace the same way. Hey, <laughs> so I just finish up with that. So um, I don't know if I did an outro already, but we gotta do the uh, the post the post credit scene right now. So okay, okay. <laughs> so um, let me ask you real quick, real quick. Let, yeah, let's real just, quick. So uh, maybe oh, go ahead. Let, let's make this real quick. So why do you do your peace sign like that? So years ago, I forgot. I, so I just saw it randomly on Instagram. Someone said that the peace sign like this is like. Mm-hmm resembles unity because before back in the day they used to do it as victory as in victory over you know taking over other people's land and killing other people i'm like nah fuck that that ain't peace peace is unity being together as one as you notice these two fingers when you do peace like this they're separates when they're close together they're one so when i ever do peace on pictures i do like this some people Mm -hmm. actually some people don't but i'm like yeah it's pieces like this so i'm I'm happy to see someone else is doing it too. I was like, yes. Absolutely. Man, as, as you know, man, the higher consciousness works in signs and symbols. Mm-hmm. So if we were just walking across the street, we didn't know each other, and we threw this up, we already know how we operate. And we already know we're talking about peace, unity, and oneness. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. Well said. So let's do one right now real quick. So it could be like a screenshot. Like, peace. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So again, thank everyone for watching and listening. Catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Did it again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ah.